Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The Chaser Report is recorded on Gadigal land. Striving for mediocrity in a world of excellence, this is The Chaser Report. Hello and welcome to The Chaser Report. Dom Knight here with the 2023 return of none other than Sammy Shah. Hello, Sammy. Hello, where have you been? You guys stopped calling me, you stopped writing me, you basically just left me for dead is what you did back in 2022. We did. Charles and I decided for a long period there that um, doing it in Charles's lounge room was the easiest motor. Just anything that was external to us was too much effort. So <laughs> stay with us to the end of the podcast because Sammy has a ridiculously generous offer, to be frank, uh, on tickets to his forthcoming comedy festival show in Melbourne and Sydney. It's called Successful Comedian. And uh, he's going to reveal how you can get tickets for stupidly little money at the very end of the podcast. You could skip all the way now if you wanted to, but why don't you listen to us discussing I don't know, the New South Wales state election in the meantime. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How is Melbourne? How's Because I've got a theory that I know you'll actually be on board with, mm-hmm. which is that we need to put aside the enmity between our two fine cities. And you've been saying this for years, but the real enemy, it's clearer than ever, it's Brisbane. I the think- enemy is Brisbane. They've got the Olympics for 2032. They've got uh, Hamilton. They've just had Lin-Manuel Miranda down there. Right. Everything's happening in Queensland. It seems like it's the cultural capital. And so we need to put aside our, our um, gripes with between City and Melbourne and join forces to destroy Brisbane. That's what I think we need to do. Here's what I'll say. Here's, here's what I'll say. I now feel like it's okay to be Brisbane. What? I feel like I've changed my... Okay, no, here's what, I, here's what I'll say. Hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. Right. I still think Queensland overall, as a, as a, as a people, as a, as a state of being, <laughs> as a condition of existence, should stop. Like, it's not... Nothing good comes out of Queensland. It's still a blighted land. Uh, it's still a, a cursed land. Mm. But if Brisbane gets things like Hamilton, a, a musical that is has not been relevant now, for several years and the only way to find out if someone is insufferable is if they say they still love the Hamilton soundtrack and (laughs) Lin-Manuel Miranda who really at this point needs to just stop being Lin-Manuel Miranda even more than Taika Waititi needs to stop being Taika fucking Waititi at some point I think it's okay Brisbane's getting the dregs of culture and society at this point no one cares about Hamilton. Hamilton first yeah, we had yeah. it first, and no, we had it better. Nobody cares about Hamilton. Nobody cares about the Olympics. I don't. I didn't even know the last Olympics when they happened. I don't care about the next one. At this point, the Olympics is basically a challenge to see which, you know, human rights violating countries like crimes will we ignore as we watch them walk past. Um, and it turns Olympics, out no, it's, it's our it's our turn. Our turn to have our yeah, human exactly, rights violations exactly. Ignored. And and it's the Olympics. Who cares? The most interesting thing that ever happened in the Olympics was someone once put a bomb in a backpack and and. They made a movie out of it in the night. What are the nineteen ninety two Atlanta Olympics or whatever? The movie's called Jewel. It's a good movie. Watch that. Far more interesting than anything that's ever happened in the fucking Olympics. Um, 
I, so I think it's fine for Brisbane. The real enemy, I feel the enemy that slipped through the ranks, the enemy that threw Brisbane in our path and then, you know, while we were distracted by Brisbane has been rifling through our pockets is the city of Adelaide. Wow. Okay. And Adelaide. I am going to say once and for all, Adelaide can go fuck itself. It needs to stop trying because I have had so many people now who are here for the Adelaide Fringe, comedians, friends, performers, stuff like that, coming from different parts of the world. And they all go to Adelaide. Then they contact me and go, hey, I'm in Adelaide. What should I do? And I'm like, there's a supermarket. <laughs> like, that's all that the city has. So once you do that, kill yourself, because that's the only other option in Adelaide. Um, it's funny to see Adelaide it's trying to, to keep be up relevant. with your preferences, Sammy. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. For lack of preferences. It, What's the opposite your, of a preference? Your disgust towards Queensland, which definitely was not distinguished between Brisbane and the rest of Queensland, by the way. I mean, mm, mm, clearly mm. you disliked, I don't know, Cairns, Charters Towers, all these sorts of places, more than Brisbane. Yeah. But yes, Adelaide is now... So yeah, this is going to make news in Adelaide, which I think is fantastic. I mean, something has um, to make news in Adelaide. Sammy, ha- <laughs> Sammy Char hates Adelaide. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah. It's, it's just like... The thing is that I went there during the Adelaide Festival a few years ago during the Writers' Week thing, mm-hmm. and I went out till... I don't know, three in the morning or something. It had the best night I'd had in a very long time at that kind of festival club. And I, it was just weird. I just was kind of going, how is Adelaide open at one in the morning? And then I realised that there's sort of two weeks when the place switches on. Yes. And then that's it. It goes to sleep for the next 50. Yes. So Absolutely. it's kind of an efficient thing to do. So if I went there for that two weeks, I could get all of my years going out done in one go, see all the shows in one go, and then there's literally no point to pay any attention to Adelaide the rest of the time. But are you saying even during the festival, you just think Adelaide needs to fuck off and die? I mean, it's just, I, I do like the idea that Adelaide's trying to be culturally interesting, you know, and has hmm. for years now. The festival has been something that they've been pushing on everyone for decades yes. at this point and saying, look at it, look well, at us, they look call, at us. They call themselves the festival state because that's the one thing, right? They Every state has a festival. festival at Adelaide. Come on. South yeah, Australia. calm down. Like, exactly. You know what? You know, my, my, Melbourne's my, got one every week. My gripe against Adelaide is that a friend and comedian, Jason Chong, who is based out of Adelaide, uh, last time I was there, took me to a bakery to try Adelaide's culinary delight. The the, the highlight of eating food in Adelaide, which is basically, a, I think it's a it's a meat pie with a sausage in it or something. It's something that basically is is like a Kransky shoved in a meat pie, fucked by a sausage roll, and then they give that to you. <laughs> And I ate it and it was delicious, you know, as much as any processed meat in a, in a pastry can be. And then at the airport, I shat myself to death. Basically, I had the worst <laughs> IBS slash diarrhea of my life. And that has colored my love and experience I was going to say it sounds kind of like a um, footy food turducken. Yes. But clearly the turd part of it was... Extremely front of mind for you yeah, in, your, yeah, in your trip. Though. Absolutely. But mm. uh, that's basically it. Look, here's the thing. Who cares about city rivalries? All the cities in Australia they are largely, the you know, they're similar, the same-ish, they're fine. Um, you know, we've got immigrants are moving here from, uh, I've got a friend moving here from Pakistan. Soon he asked me, he's like, hey, I'm getting a job offer in Sydney. Should I go there? I said, yeah, go to Sydney. Rent's expensive. Come to Melbourne. The food is better. Um, he's like, what about Perth or Adelaide or Brisbane? I said, just stay in Pakistan. It's fine. You don't really need to come here anymore. And, uh, you know, that's basically <laughs> been, I think, the way it works with Australia. Well, you've, I remember you, you had some trips to Perth that you quite enjoyed. I find Perth odd. I find the notion that you can go that far away from the East Coast and it still sort of be the same. It's like we have the East Coast, we're kind of close together, Sydney, yeah. Brisbane. Yeah, you're right. You're right. This is an outside perspective of someone who's lived 
oversees much of his life. They are broadly speaking similar. The the differences are infinitesimally small. Like we mm-hmm. we overanalyze them, but for to go that far from anywhere and still have a generic Australian city with the same sort of boring shopping mall in the middle and the same brands, that is weird. It's like an uncanny valley Australian <laughs> city transplanted to the middle of nowhere. It's the furthest capital. It's I think it's the furthest city of more than a million people from any other city with more than a million people in the entire world. It yeah. is nowheresville. It's like, it's like humans find a land on Mars and we get out of the spaceship and we walk onto the Martian surface and a bogan with a mullet walks up and goes, G'day! And you're like, <laughs> God damn it, here? Perth is here now? And there's a fucking boost juice that <laughs> yeah. somehow was set up beforehand. You know, and it, the same Kmart and all this, all the same brands everywhere else. Fucking Red Rooster yeah, yeah, yeah. will be there. So, hang on. So, you're in New South Wales. Um, are you guys excited about your upcoming election? Are you are you hyped about it? I am, are you... I'm extremely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm extremely excited. Uh, 25th of March, um, because that's my daughter's uh, fifth birthday party. There's also an election on that day. Did they do that on purpose? And do you I'm, think I'm, they, they they matched it with your daughter's yeah. birthday as a special present? Well, to be fair, we we don't we have fixed term elections here, so it was it was they okay. were there first. But um, mm. I didn't realize that by having our daughter's birthday party on that day we would get out of a deluge of messages demanding us to help the PNC with the election day barbecue. It's insane. Every day for the past week via some, whether it's WhatsApp or the school app or an email, hey, hey, guys, do you want to, like, bake a cake for the PNC? Do you want to come and, like, barbecue (laughs) stuff at 6 in the morning? And it seems as though the entire educational future of my daughter depends on the PNC election day barbecue. And what do they do in a year without an election? There was one last year. There's one. This, what do they do next year? There's no election. Are they going to have enough money to actually fund the school? This is what we're reducing. This it's is like it. basically eat. This is it. Yeah. We eat crap so that our children can be educated. So that's that's election day. Uh, I suggest everyone have a birthday party on election day so you don't have to mm-hmm. help. Basically, mm-hmm. it seems particularly galling too that we are providing cake. Just for ourselves, not for the PNC. So there will be cake. Oh yes, lots of cake. <laughs> but it's not going to raise a cent for the school. What's the What's the issue that everyone's excited about? Is it the Is it the thing about uh, the pokies and, and all the drama around that recently? Is it the vague announcement by Perote about some kind of fund for people who have babies or whatever? Or I'm impressed. I'm impressed that you're across New South Wales politics to, to this degree, Sammy. Because the most exciting thing about election night, and and it really is. Mm-hmm. I mean. To to me, it's why I'm out there drinking and, and celebrating is because it means that for the next three years and 11 months, no one will pay any attention to state politics at all. Right. Unless the Premier is so corrupt that ICAC sacks them and they've, you know, we've got to get another one, which happens every so often in this state. Um, there are a lot of issues, but it's kind of strange because you've got two very similar leaders. Like Dominic Perrottet, no one chose. He was... Um, thrust in there after mm-hmm. Gladys Berejiklian, and who it was quite popular really during COVID. Um, people were very, thought she was very competent. I, don't, I know Victorians hated her, but um, in New South Wales, she was very popular. But she she sort of imploded her entire career over the worst boyfriend ever, yes. a guy called Daryl. And I think mm-hmm. the warning was there on the can at the point where oh, she's yeah. dating a Daryl. Yeah. Anyone who Don't anyone date a wants to, ladies. Anyone wants to fuck a Daryl is already making poor life choices and that should reflect in yeah. their career choices as well. And yes. to be honest, the, the number of things Daryl was telling her about that he definitely shouldn't have told his boss about that he was doing that, that um, ICAC might want to investigate. Like, 
let's just say the red flags were, were quite mm-hmm. large, uh, which is why there was an ICAC investigation, which hasn't found anything yet. We don't know what their view is going to be, but she had to get out of there. Anyway, so Dominic Perrottet arrives, and the main thing that we know about him, and this is this is what they lent, lent into at the campaign launch on the weekend. He had is that many he has, kids. He had six children yes. at first, yeah. but then that wasn't enough. So he's now got seven, which is the biblical number of perfection. So I'm hoping he'll stop, but I doubt it. I think he's going to go for double figures, Sammy. I mean, and look, so, you got to admire. Surprise. I think you got to admire a premier who is virile. I think we've got too many, um, you know, you've got too many beta males, you know, out there right now running for premiership. <laughs> you need you need an alpha. And Perote has got alpha and he's a big alpha energy. You know, this man comes a he lot. Does. He does. Is his political <laughs> platform. Seven, seven kids worth, uh, certainly. So, I mean, look, I don't want to speculate about their sex lives, but we know at least on seven occasions something's happened. Yeah. <laughs> When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The Chaser Report. News a few days after it happens. What do you do when you've got a Premier who people don't know much about? We know that he's kind of conservative, very Catholic. They lent into him by going, well, he's the guy with all the kids, so let's give money <laughs> to people with kids. And it's the most self-serving policy I've ever heard in my life. What it seems to be is everyone who's got a kid gets 400 bucks. Mm-hmm. And then if you, can, if you put money in, if you put another 400 bucks in every year of your child's life after that, the government will match you. Yes. Um, it's, it's fantastic for those who can afford $400 a year for the, the government to match. Some might say, Sammy, mm-hmm. that the people who can already afford the $400 a year are the least deserving of help. Because right. surely if you don't have the 400 bucks a year, that's when you might need the state to like kick in. But that's not. It's a, it's a liberal policy. I mean, yeah. What can I say? And so it's the, it's for the Perites, that's $2,800 a year. $2,800 yeah. a year extra. They're getting from the government. So it's good for them. And here's the thing. Uh, here's what I will say about Dominic Perrottet is at least I can remember his name and I remember that he had multiple kids. I, yeah. even though I care about this subject and about uh, in you know regional state politics, I find it very fascinating. I think a lot of the big leaders of federal politics come out of the regional state thing. And so it's worth paying attention to. I still had to Google That's true. Chris Minns again right now in this conversation. While you were talking, <laughs> I had to look up his name. He is even less memorable than the Labour um, opposition leader in the United Kingdom, which is uh, Keir, I think Keir Starmer, I think is his, his name. Which, yeah, I have it written right. down in my hand now so I can remember it every time I need to come up with it. But I mean, <laughs> Chris, Min- I don't know how many kids Chris Minns has. How many times has he come? Do you know how many times he's come? I um, need to know this. The de- I, the public think, demands to know his orgasm schedule. My guess, my guess is two, Sammy, because I think when you if you, if you want to know about Chris Minns, he's the most generic person possible. Right. Even his name means like minimal interest, basically. Yeah, Minns. Yeah. Um, the t- the the Telegraph in their in their um, unique way went and surveyed the people in his electorate of Cogra to find out how many of them um, knew what his name was. Like, who is your local member? Only 40% could actually recognize that it. That is way higher than I would have thought. That is way higher yeah, than I would have thought. Yeah, but in his own electorate, 
The other weird thing is it's the most marginal Labor seat in the whole state. So the the, the potential prospective premier um, is is in this like 0.1% electorate. So that's quite mm-hmm, bizarre. Mm-hmm. So I'm, he may not win the seat even if he wins office. But yeah, I can't, I can't tell you much about him either. They've been trying to humanise him during the campaign, Sammy. And his wife gave one of those soft pedal interviews that you give about, about her man and how lovely he is. They're also conservative Catholics like the Perites, but with fewer kids. Mm-hmm. And the one thing she offered up to try and show what a regular guy Chris Minns was, was that he eats breakfast cereal after dinner. So she'll, ser- she'll serve dinner. Presumably she does all the child rearing because that's the way politicians households work. She serves up dinner for the family. Chris Minns eats the dinner and then goes to the cupboard and gets, I don't know, Cocoa Pops or Frosty Flakes or Corn Flakes, whatever it is. Very sugary, unhealthy cereal and eats a second dinner after that. And apparently all the kids are doing it. So this man is a crusader for poor nutrition. Yeah, see, see, okay, here's, here's, this is supposed to humanize him, but instead it dehumanizes him because for me that sounds like psych- borderline psychopathic behavior. Um, he's a bad influence on children. He only has two and he's already fucking that up by teaching them. It could be to, three. I don't know how could many. Could be. Who I'm not interested right. enough to Exactly, know how many kids exactly. Mm. Meanwhile, Perote is out there with seven children earning 2,800 bucks from mm. the government for doing seven children or creating seven children. I should really rephrase that. And then also probably does doesn't have, be very careful. Yeah, probably doesn't have cereal for dinner either. So, I mean, you know what? I'm going to say this right now. Sammy Shah off the chaser, not the chaser, but Sammy Shah, who is a frequent guest on the chaser, officially endorses Dominic Perrottet for the be very glad to know that. premier of New I'm South sure. Wales. That's right. The, the thing that's interesting about New South Wales politics, if, to, be, to be just sort of analytical for a second, is that they're extremely moderate. It's, it's quite strange, given that he's, he's a conservative Catholic. They're super moderate, you know. They've mm-hmm. all these things that they've done, um, uh, all the pokey policies that have, that's that's probably, as you say, that's been the main point of difference. And Chris Minns um, hasn't wanted to come up with any definitive policy. He's just going to have a study into the cashless gaming card. Dominic Perrottet says that they're they're banning cash going into pokies, so he's actually had uh, more policies. The one thing Labor's been talking about a lot is housing. And this is the thing that they've really been getting stuck into, mm-hmm. having all kinds of policies to try and uh, more rights for renters. But no one is actually genuinely taking a huge step to solve housing in this hellish state where no one can afford to live. I mean, right. anyone in, in, in South Wales under the age of 40 has absolutely no dream of ever owning a house. It's, it seems completely impossible. And so they're doing things like making it harder for landlords to evict the tenants that well, who know they'll have to rent for the rest of their lives because they're doomed. Um, there are various uh, schemes to not have to pay st- stamp duty and instead to pay an annual property tax. That's a, a parity policy. And, you know, Labor's talking about building a little bit of social housing. No one's doing anything radical. or uh, Compared to a country spending $368 billion on submarines, many of which haven't even been designed yet and come from Britain, which, as I was saying to Charles the other day, not a country you'd go to for future high tech that doesn't exist yet. Um the fact that we can't even spend any money on solving the biggest crisis in everyone's lives, it's just kind of like, it's just a bit lame, isn't it? I mean, no one has any ideas about any of this stuff. I think basically at this point, 
um, most of the biggest fights we have in Australia tend to be culture war bullshit anyway because everything else is too complicated. We can't really get into the housing market. We can't fix that. We can't fix anything else. So mm. everyone just gets angry at, um, you know, whatever's being said on social media right now. Uh, but I think it's also a sign of like, yeah, things are fine. You know, you can't afford rent in Sydney. You know, that's always been a problem. It's not like it's a new issue. Mm. It's always been a problem. Think about Dominic Perrottet. He's got seven children. That's seven houses he has to buy to gift his children children. That's seven <laughs> times we're going to have to read articles in the Financial Times in a few years about how, you know, I'm a real estate mogul, even though I'm 16 years old, and they're going to be each one by each one of Perrottet's future children, or current children, who knows how many future children he'd have. So yeah, I... Yes, they're having yeah, I think overall, look, it's a it's an election, it's happening, you got to have them every now and then, and then it's, it's you know, it's uh, going to... I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm backing Perite. I can say his name. I've already forgotten the other guy's name. I know you said it many times to me already in this conversation. Couldn't remember if you put a gun to my head. And that right there tells you why he's going to lose. He's the Bill Shorten of New South Wales politics. <laughs> I mean, I bet you remember Bill Shorten's name. Yeah. <laughs> Only because I saw him a few days ago. I was outside. A, Did you really? Yeah, I was in the CBD in Melbourne outside uh, a Italian restaurant uh, waiting to get my table. And Bill Shorten and his partner walked right past me. And here's the funny thing. I'm the only one who cared. Not a single person outside wow. gave a shit. And I was like, wow, imagine going from possibly the future prime minister of Australia to someone everyone's ignoring. That has been cr- well demonstrably. The, pe- the people of Australia, on two occasions, were very indifferent to um, yeah, very short. There was a time just before the, the second election where he was running around in t-shirts, saying Chloe Shorten's husband. It was like this cute thing, uh, you know, vote one Chloe Shorten's husband. That's right. Which just begged the question: like, shouldn't any other member of the family have run instead <laughs> of Bill? Like, clearly, the least electable member of the family. But no, look, Chris Minns, I, I think, won't even get the mm-hmm. unless he's premier, and, and the polls say that he'll win. But it's certainly oh, true. Oh, really? The polls Dominic are favouring Chris. Uh, oh, yes. La- Labor's been ahead in the polls. Just because the Liberals have been in for 12 years. Ah, fair enough. That's the only thing. So it's basically on the basis of personality, Dominic Perrottet would automatically win because people know who he is. And mm-hmm. the amazing thing is even the whole Nazi uniform thing didn't really stuff him up that much because he's just been like, he's just always in the media cheerleading, going out and spending money on the nighttime economy and stuff like that. Like, he's just sort of always wanting us to spend more money and giving us vouchers. They're constantly, we just constantly get vouchers from Dominic Perrottet to spend on <laughs> things like, and again, helping out his own family enormously. Right. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the Premier's back to school voucher. We also got a couple of hundred bucks to spend on, I don't know, textbooks or uniforms or whatever. In his case, many thousands of dollars. Yeah, exactly. per child. Now, if anyone Maybe that's the strategy. Maybe the real lesson here is you and I need to just have many children. Because that's the only way to guarantee yourself yeah. a secure economic future now. It's like when I was in Pakistan as a journalist, I used to go and interview like poor people in villages and stuff. And you'd, I went to one village once, and it was the poorest village in Pakistan, which means it is one of the poorest villages in the world, right? And there was a man yeah. in the village who was one of the poorest people in the village. So he might be one of the poorest people in the country of Pakistan, and he had 11 children. And his strategy was, wow, welcome. they're going to all grow up and they're all going to get jobs and then they're all going to support him. Um, and I think well, maybe that's... Sammy, I actually interviewed a, I, yeah, I interviewed a demographer not long ago about this and he was saying that the, it was quite funny because the one-child policy ended up being completely unnecessary. Yes. Because the key point in any transition from uh, being a poor country to being a rich country, as China has done, is that you'd no longer need to have lots of children as a strategy 
for future wealth. Yes. Um, so it's true of you, the, the guy in Pakistan, but cost of living <laughs> pressures are so high in New South Wales that clearly we're going in the other direction. And Dominic Perrottet knows this. And so maybe what we're going to do instead of maybe the solution to the housing crisis is just to do what the Perrottets do and instead just combine families. Like maybe everyone from the Chasers should just all go and live under the same roof and have, I don't know, 10 children sharing two bedrooms or something. And that way we'll be able to afford a house in Sydney. I mean, that might actually... What's the, what's the current uh, child, uh, childed rate in the Chaser, in the core team? How many of you have how many kids? There's, a, there's an average of two per person. Ah, exactly. You're, you're, you're Chris Minnesing this shit. You guys really need to up your game. We're total, total, total minces. No, look, everyone in the Chaser um, now has children and mm-hmm. one has three and one has one. And so everyone else has two. All right. Average it out there. All right. We yeah. are nothing if not average as people <laughs> know. Really, uh, well, understand. Now, Sammy, if anyone's in the unlikely event, anyone's managed to wade through all this discussion about Chris Minns, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You, you are actually coming to the, the state of New South Wales. I am indeed. So in the not too distant future. That's right. I'm, I'm, I'm not just New South Wales. I'm performing in Melbourne as well. The comedy festival season is upon us. I wasn't in Adelaide because I give a shit about about my sanity um, <laughs> but I did do a short run of shows in Perth Fringe those are done now but I am also currently performing at the Mel- uh, not currently but I will be performing at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival um, where I am doing a run of shows from the 30th of March to the 23rd of April uh, so the full festival like all wow. four weeks Bumper. yeah yeah all four weeks yeah. uh, at the Chinese Museum um, which is the venue that's and a great venue. It's a That's great a, venue. I was just past that the other night. I went past yeah, that yeah. The other day. It's a really That's good a venue. It's a beautiful venue. And uh, and the show is called Successful Comedian, ironically. And um, then I'm in Sydney from the 27th uh, on and on the 27th and 28th of April. Just two nights in Sydney, uh, four weeks in Melbourne. That's so sad. It is so sad the way that you know why um, everyone's like, oh yeah, I'm doing full run of festivals in 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 Melbourne. We're doing four weeks, oh, and I'll be in Sydney like. For five minutes. Have you ever tried booking Why? an Airbnb in Sydney? They are hideously expensive and they're really this bad always, always. You should have come and stayed in, in our house where all the people in the chaser leave you. We wouldn't have noticed one <laughs> yeah, more true. person. True. Very good point. I didn't think about that. But anyway, so it's 30th of March, 23rd of April in Melbourne and uh, 27th and 28th of April in Sydney. I've also got a weird deal going, which is really financially dangerous, stupid on my part, but fuck it. Um, if you join my Patreon, patreon.com slash um, you get two free tickets to any Melbourne or Sydney show that Seriously? you would like to come to. Yeah, fuck it. Why is not? Is that true? Yeah. So but all my... I'm in your Patreon, so I can go to your show f- You can get two free tickets. Free. Yes, you can. Well, yeah, two free tickets. That's an insane deal. I would... Here's the thing. Sam, what are you doing? I like, I, I like my Patreon. I like my Patreon community, and I like people who listen to my podcast, News Weekly, and a lot of them are on Patreon. And I feel like it's a weird thing to ask people to support you right now. Patreon is a weird thing. Now... Yes, some unscrupulous mm. people can join the Patreon for like $5 a, a month or whatever and then bail as soon as they get the free tickets. I don't know. That's I have faith in humanity. <laughs> I like to think people aren't that shitty. Um, and so... This is why your show is ironically called Successful Comedian. <laughs> I like doing comedy for the sake of doing comedy. I'm not going to get rich doing comedy. At this point, I'm definitely not going to get a Netflix special or win any awards or anything like that. But I still love doing comedy. I'd rather have bums on seats than money in the bank, <laughs> it turns out. So, you literally have bums. Yes. Bums is all that will come. <laughs> yeah. There you go. So, Fantastic. Yeah. So go and see Sammy. Um, if you like our podcast, of course, you'll you'll love the show. Go and check him out and his podcast news weekly as well. Thank you, Sammy. Thank you for having me. Our gear All is right. from Road, and we're part of the Iconoclast Podcast Network. Small details are big surfaces. 
tight corners or odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.